Welcome to episode 93 of the FPL Hangover Podcast, where we raise the bar and lower the tone of things FPL-related. Things are getting back to normal this week, folks. The two Renegades boys have taken the trip home, and it's just myself and Seamus in the studio. The weather is a miserable wintry evening, and uh, the beers are nice and chilled, so we are in for a nice, easy-listening episode this week. It was made all the more relaxing by a Jamie Vardy quiet boy performance this evening and uh, speaking of quiet boys this guy doesn't know the meaning of the word NASA has got onto us and let us know that 95% of the spoken words on this podcast have come from this very man my podcast partner in crime Seamus how are you getting on my friend very good and most of those words came in last week's episode I had one one too many drinkies it was also uh, a bumper edition. Like, that was nearly hitting two hours. That was disgraceful, carry on, if you ask me. It was. Plus, it was like uh, it was like Christmas. We were all excited. We had guests in for not the first time, but uh, the first time we had two guests on at the same time. So, we were like uh, kids at Christmas. Yeah, the first time we had the Renegades on as well. And uh, as uh, we mentioned, you know, multiple times last week, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was a privilege to share the podcast space with them. And uh, yeah, the crack was mighty, Seamus. Sip a yeah, beer. Sip a be- <laughs> we brought in the same frame of mind. Sip a beer to the Renegades. It was a great episode last week. Um, yeah. And uh, but on to, as always, things move on. We're on to game week 10 already. The show so must go on. Yeah. That episode is consign- uh, consigned to last week. Um, but game week 10 is not quite finished. Right now it's 2-1 to West Ham against Aston Villa in the, but the 68 minute. Uh, Jack Reed has got me a goal. Happy with that. Um, how, how else has your game week gone? You're there. You've got a bit of a smug look on your face. We might as well get into it. Your no, week went. No, f- not, no, no, not no. Smug, happy, mildly happy smug. It's a, uh, it's smugalicious as far as I'm concerned. And uh, yeah, how did your game week ten go? Highlights, lowlights. What a, uh, what, what are you standing at? Um, despite like what some people might think of this Leicester game this evening, where if you had you know Jamie Vardy captain. Um, to see him register just a single assist, five points, when other people may have captained uh, the likes of De Bruyne or Fernandez and things like that. Not too many people would have captained Mares, in fairness. I was really happy when that goal went in because it looked like I was getting nothing. You know, I was going to get Captain Vardy, four points. I was going to get uh, Barnes off the bench for one, and I was getting one point for Justin. But that goal was uh, worth 11 points to me for Barnes and then obviously the assist doubled I kind of was on live score beforehand and then afterwards and it was the equivalent of a 300k green arrow pushing me up to about the 1 million mark so that's definitely my highlight because that was what 3 minutes from the, the final whistle yeah, pretty much. Uh, I think a lot of people... Well, the Barnes goal was a bit further than that. I think that was, there was, what, maybe early 80 minutes, no? But either way... it was like 87 minutes or something. Because I remember going, oh, they've only like they've got the five minutes of injury time plus a couple more minutes. It wasn't a whole lot of time. But whatever 80, whatever minute it was, it was uh, a really welcome goal. That was my highlight, certainly. 
Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, that was the big talking point going into game week 10 was, you know, the Vardys, the the, no, the non-Vardys, and uh, the majority, I'd imagine, and at least any of the Vardy owners, I've seen captain them, such as yourself. So this was a big game, and uh, it was also, what, the second last game of game week 10? So the majority of players have played, people have made their points, it's all just, uh, you know... It's all be- nerves. It's all nerves. Big bag of nerves. I was kind of going, all week, I had very very little points from my players i was behind everyone by the end of saturday i had like two players who had played most people had three or four or five then on sunday i had a few more players but i had um three in the leicester game and i greedish today and leicester game apparently was obviously my captain so you know it all kind of came down to today and today's gone well greedish even my only involvement in this game has got the goal um if i was to pick out a low point it would be uh, one of my strikers, Jamie Vardy, getting um, concussed. Jimenez, uh, you mean? Get, or Jimenez, sorry. <laughs> I'm just, I got distracted there because it looks like there might be a penalty in this Aston Villa game. A penalty um, for who? We shouldn't be doing Villa. live commentary in the podcast. Yeah, but for Villa, Villa. it looks like Trezeguet's been brought down in the box. Uh, I'm sure this will be reviewed. Mm. See if he's onside, see if it actually is a foul. But while we're doing it, let's keep reviewing your game. Jimenez, low point. Yeah, he had a, yeah. a crushing... I actually missed a, a crushing... Yeah. Well, no pun intended. Yeah. I didn't say Uh, defeat. He had a a crushing injury blow, is what I was going to say. A crushing blow to his uh, season with a fractured skull. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, like, apparently he's comfortable and things go well. But, I mean, you were kind of looking at shipping him out anyway. So I suppose, and it seems so callous when you say the two things in the same sentence. But, you know, his days were numbered with, uh, with you, FPL wise, anyway. Yeah, I was. Pl- he was my plan transfer for this week. Uh, he's eight point four million. He's quite quite a bit of money. Eight point three now. So I, oh yeah, eight point three. He actually dropped there over the weekend as well. Um, I was looking to get rid of him. Yeah, it's definitely penalty. Trezeguet's drenched in blood. Watkins is standing over this with the ball, so they'll review it. Um, but yeah, what he get seventy minutes. By the time I actually turned on the game, he'd already been stretched off. So that was my interest in the game, kind of gone. Um, Happy to see Wolves oh, get poor the you, poor you. He's rushed to hospital. Your interest in the game is gone. But uh, yeah, it wasn't a I've massive. I've just suffered from FPL wise. You know, in real life, that the real thing is here. He might actually. You know, this could be potentially career ending because it's the sort of um, injury that I think Ryan Mason for Spurs had to end up retiring for. You know, a fractured skull. Depending on like the severity and things of it, is the sort of it's the sort of thing that, yeah. Could yeah, end a career. It's, it He's is, 29. Yeah. yeah, I just really hope. I mean, I think I know David Luiz. There was a lot of controversy. Oh, David Luiz played on. Maybe he should have went off as well. He surely can cost. There was a huge tot off off the clash of heads yeah let's not get too I, bad no, I, I nearly think he should be sent off or something like that i mean if he's flying in like that to somebody who's stationary heading the ball away well now you're talking silly talks how can you be sent off for something that's completely like accidental and unavoidable when a ball is swung into the box but i'm not going to get bogged down into him and his injury i think there's no need for it uh, it's a fairly valid low point though i mean i think it was a uh you know he that was his chance for a last hurrah in mm. your team and now he's out 
But my week, uh, not as good as yours, 49 points so far. I'm on a mild green arrow as things stand, uh, which pushed me from 900,000 up 50,000 places to 800. So, like, you know, I'll take it. Captain uh, came in good this week. I went to Bruyne and uh, was just really sweating on the Vardy, uh, you know, kind of result at the end of it. But that worked out. Uh, Fernandez picking up some results. And uh, another big talking point this week was Salah. So before we move on, uh, low point for me was definitely Robertson losing that clean sheet in injury time uh, after you know giving away the penalty and uh, letting Brighton nick one back and uh, you know level the results so you know he was on for nine with two or three minutes left to go and I tend to not look at live scores because you know it's it, it can it, there's just no you know point to it until the till they're confirmed till that yeah. 19 minute whistle there's no point but I was bored there's only that's the thing I think we'd only one match on at a time now where they're staggered is, you know, you're kind of not looking at other results or you're not looking at other teams. You're just focused specifically on that match, at least for me. And, uh, yeah, I was kind of yeah. looking forward to a nine-point return and uh, that would have made it something like 21 points in two weeks for, for Robertson. That got wiped out and he, he returned immediately too. But Salah, he did get an assist and he was another talking point. And that's kind of left us where we are now Seamus you don't have Salah I have Salah and uh, the big question is you know how long do people go without him especially with Fernandez, you know uh, keep maintaining that run KDB giving managers exactly what they wanted let's get into it Salah where are you with that yeah you mentioned it I mean like I basically gambled when he went out with the COVID that over the next uh, three weeks so the week Salah was going to miss this game against Brighton, which he may or may not miss. And uh, who's their next game against? Wolves, is it? This week? Yeah, yeah this week's Wolves. I was kind of basically banking on those three fixtures. Bruno would outscore uh, Fernandez quite comfortably. So I brought in Bruno for him. Now he has, he's got 11 points and 10 points to Salah's six. So that's quite a big benefit. Plus, I knew I would not be captaining Salah in those fixtures. Maybe the Brighton game was a tempting one. But yeah. six points doubled. Yeah, I can totally live with people getting that when he's not on my team. That's kind of the same as what Fardy got. Uh, yeah, so I'm happy with that so far. I needed to get De Bruyne in. He was my transfer in this week, so really happy to see him come in and get 10 points straight off the bat. Very close to being my captain. Um, I did go with Vardy in the end last week. I wasn't allowed to justify my minus four for Vardy, but part of it was he was probably going to be captain against Fulham, and he had very captable fixtures coming up too. Uh, hasn't been massive success. Probably would have I would have had more results going with somebody like Wilson, as it turned out. But yeah, being without uh, Salah is certainly a concern, and I don't know if I want to get rid of Fernandez to get him back in. Yeah, I mean, looking at uh, the fixtures and and what going forward, United having West Brom at home. Or, that's not. West Brom, I was like, wait a minute, have I gone back in the past? United having West Ham uh, away this week and City up next, uh, followed by Sheffield United away, Leeds at home and Leicester away. Not like dreadful fixtures, but, you know, it's the kind of ones where if you didn't have a Fernandez, you're not looking to bring him in. You're thinking you can maybe ride it out. And if you do have a Fernandez, um, I don't know if you can really justify getting rid of him with you know his recent performances so like i can understand where you're coming from do you jump off the fernandez train for for a mo salah that you know has what's he got wolves fulham tottenham crystal palace equally 
mediocre. I suppose I'm being a bit harsh at it. Uh, but, you know, not crazy good fixtures. Yeah, I mean, what we know, I mean, like this West Ham game, I consider a good game. I know West Ham are a lot, you know, better this year. They seem to be just doing really well. I, And they get, they play like the three centre backs with the wing backs kind of, um, they're not really giving up a whole lot of goals. And against like United, they may sit deep and try to hit them on the counter again, um, which they have a good record sometimes against the big teams like Chelsea or Spurs. Well, against Spurs, they always seem to draw three all after going down three nil. But they always seem to kind of pull out the results every at least once a season, you know, against United, whether it's home or away. So I'm a bit worried about that. But what I would say is United are better away from home this season, especially Bruno. I don't know if you've seen on Twitter some of the uh, points that have been um, floated around about Bruno's performances away from home since he's joined United. But just going by his away performances this season, going in backwards order, Southampton 10 points, Everton 17 points, Newcastle 11 points, Brighton 12 points. All his away games this year have been double-digit hauls. So not worried whatsoever about that West Ham game. I think there are points there for him. A lot being said about he's a just Penandes. He just scores penalties. But I don't know how many goals in a row he's scored now that have not been penalties. So I've no, I, like, I don't want to get rid of him. As I said, 17, 10, 11, and 10 in these last three fixtures. The City game, that's a worry. That was the game I was planning on getting him out for. But now when I look at it with Sheffield United and Leeds after that, maybe I just keep. I'm trying to yeah. find another way to get the Salah. Or maybe I just go Diego Jota instead of Salah. Is that uh, enough coverage? Probably not. Well, yeah. I mean, you mentioned him at United match, so you might as well get into it. And I mean, I think from a United fan's point of view, easily might highlight it like the height of the weekend it was fucking you know one of those classic yeah uh taylor two halves you know they went in pretty defeated in the first half and you're kind of wondering can they uh you know get themselves geed up uh for the second half and uh yeah the answer was yes ali seems to have a bit of a knack for that and uh yeah it was uh it worked to come out beat southampton 3-2 and fernandez owners all around uh the fpl globe would have been delighted with a goal and assist but it could have been maybe a little bit more he had a chance there at the end of the first half that uh, mccarthy pulled off a save but he really 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 should have scored that had, had to stick it he did and united i thought including fernandez was a, a bit off the I thought United were better than the 2-0 result was at halftime. It was like, well, this wasn't a shambolic display. It was two set-piece goals that could have been avoided. But I don't think Southampton were the better team in after the first half. I was like going, mm, okay, we're kind of fucked now because this is playing right into their hands. But um, I thought Fernandez was just a little bit sloppy in the, in the first half. Completely transformed it in the second half. And as we said, yeah, pulled out his returns. Most interestingly, I suppose, out of that match was... The two goals and an assist by Cavani once he came on at halftime didn't start, uh, but came on massive haul. And you've definitely seen the odd FPL manager floating, uh, you know, Cavani as a, a possible option. Seamus, what do you think of that? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, he's definitely somebody that announced himself on the radar. I pride myself on knowing the prices of FPL players. He's 8 million, 1.4% okay. owned. You've done my job. I have read that he, after that game, 30,000 managers uh, transferred him in. Now, he has gone and done a bit of a boo-boo on social media. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. Should we oh, be yeah, talking it's... about this? I'm going to yeah, leave it up yeah, to your hands. Should. Okay, go no, for it. No, we definitely should because he's looking at a potential ban if, uh, you know, past uh, performance, past results of other people doing similar actions are meant to go by. 
You're talking the likes of Bernardo Silva, oh, with his you. Twitter uh, tweets, the likes of Luis Suarez. Yeah, um, I don't even yeah. want to get into what happened. I genuinely don't he know. The, he used the word that begins with N, which in his country, country um, means something different. It was the same defense. At least, yeah, I don't want to go into it, but uh, I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I get it. Uh, he's after he's after getting himself in a bit of hot water, and that's going to slow FPL managers down. You can expect he's going to miss a game or two games or maybe three games, but I don't know how many games. I don't think he's going it's, it's not as the same circumstances as what happened with Evra and Suarez that time. Um, it wasn't the same thing. So, look, that's put the kibosh on it. So, yeah. I, I think, think the kibosh was be... already on it, though, if you ask me. I mean, like, uh, like he, what is he? He's 33, I think, or something like that. So, the chance of him starting every week up front, especially with this, you know, Tough run, of, not tough run of fixtures, but a congested run of fixtures. Yeah, is, Champions League, league games, you know, cup games, yeah, things like that. You're not, ex- and Christmas coming up as well. Yeah, it's going to be even more congested, or at least as congested. I don't yeah, know if I'd which, be the price that would put me off. Yeah, the price it, is kind of like, eight million's like, a bit much. I was, I was only saying it to herself the other day or yesterday after Cavani's performance. I was like, people are going to talk about this now, but. If I'm looking at Cavani, then I have to be looking at Rashford, and I'm not looking at Rashford. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. like, uh, nah. Martial or something. Yeah, I'm not like Martial for nine. You would think is a better option mm. because you think he's going to start more. But yeah, uh, any news? Was he the reason he was out of this squad this week? I didn't hear illness. that. I, yeah, illness is illness. what I heard. I don't think I don't. I didn't hear any COVID rumors or any of that. But I just heard right, a bit. Of illness. I heard illness later on after the game. I didn't actually hear it before the game, yeah. but afterward. Illness, so. But another, you know, classic James Ward-Prowse performance in that match. We seen uh, what uh, an assist from the corner, and he stuck his uh, his free kick, so golden assist and uh, two bonus points for Mister Ward-Prowse. I've mm. seen he's slowly creeping up. He's eight point five percent owned, uh, so he's slowly creeping up in the ownership. He's got four goals this season, two assists. Seamus, for you, and I, I imagine we're going to be pretty much sim, you know, in a, of a similar mind frame here, but what do you think about James Ward-Prowse? Is it the same as every year? Yeah, you just don't know. He always has this uh, kind of result in his locker against United. Seems to... I, didn't he score two free kicks against us last season as well? Um, he say like, he's... He kind of... What's the word I'm saying here? He uh, uses a kind of technique similar to David Beckham for yeah. his free kicks, where, like... The moment he actually strikes the ball, he's almost bent over double. Uh, and that's how he gets so much whip and dip on it. Um, and it's kind of very similar kind of results a lot of the time. He's just brilliant at these set pieces and free kicks. And you saw that again the weekend. And he's got- yeah, I guess maybe playing United, David Beckham's former team, is something that excites him. Because you don't know when these this, these performances could come against Man United, Man City. But for you um, as an FPL manager, like-, like, are you considering it? No, because the play, the times I want to play somebody like that is going to be when they're playing Burnley or when they're playing, you know, West Brom or Fulham and things like that. But you know, you don't can't predict when his points are going to come. Yeah, that's a good pieces are it's just like penalty takers, you know, like someone like Klitsch, you know, he he could get that penalty against the likes of Man City mm. or Liverpool, um, but he might do nothing in the games that the quieter games. That's a good point. That no, that's a that's a very good point. He's he's his points are going to tick away all season, but you just can't, you know, uh, predict when they're going to come in. That's a very good point. And I think like 
outside of that, there wasn't uh, a whole break of, um, you know, outside of Fernandez basically doing what he's done for the last few weeks. Um, Cavani maybe turning a few heads and Warprouse keeping uh, everyone on their toes. Not a load from the Southampton Man United match. But another match that had quite this, you know, I was looking forward to this a lot this week. Now, maybe because I had two strikers in it, but Everton leads. I was expecting that to be a bit of a goal fest. And based on the first 25 minutes, I thought, okay, yeah, we're in for it. This is going to be the match I'm hoping for. Turned out to be, you know, goal-wise, quite a drab affair. But, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, uh, I, I wasn't very bored watching it you know it was one of those kind of exciting football matches but a big disappointment for Calvert-Lewin and Bamford owners which I am new to the to the party but I'm I'm willing to celebrate and uh, unfortunately this weekend had to hold off a bit 1-0 to Leeds Seamus you were looking at Bamford before this week I was and now I have him so you're a little bit jelly yeah so as I said uh, I had earmarked Jimenez out this particular week and it was going to be Bamford was the leading contender. Watkins was the other one I was looking at. Now, side note, I mentioned there was a penalty earlier. Watkins hit the bar and missed his penalty. Oh, did Watkins miss his penalty? Ooh, yeah, he, big he's one. He's hit the bar. What? No save for Fabianski owners. Actually just hit the bar and came out. Big miss. So, yeah. Then maybe that changes who the penalty taker is now again. I don't know. Yeah. But, we should uh, be able inter- to... Certainly interesting. Yeah, I'd say like by the time we run through the rest of these sons of bitches, that Villa match should be over, so we'll be able to have a nice look at it. But uh, yeah, back to but Bamford. It was between those two. It was between Bamford and Watkins for my transfer. Uh, Watkins, obviously, the fixture. Bamford, just the amount of chances that Leeds create and the amount of chances he gets as a result. Um, his XG which is always a stat you want to look at. Shots in the box and penalty area touches, those are what you want to look for. He's doing rates really highly on those, uh, but especially the XG. And that's what I'm interested in. And I think that is more of a reliable indicator of more consistent returns of keeping those returns up. Yeah, You know me, me, Seamus. I'm not one for, like, I don't know if I fully understand all of the XG and XGA and all that stuff. I mean, I'm not an idiot, so I kind of have some grasp of it, but I tend not to you know, get too deep into it. But I was watching Bamford, you know, obviously since the start of the season, he came in at 5.5. People had their opinions about him. He scored in the first game. He's tipped away. And uh, I just, I think it was the week before last, uh, I'm not entirely sure who, uh, who Leeds were against. Leeds were against Arsenal. And I was just watching him and I was like, like, everything kind of funnels through him. And Leeds are an incredibly attacking side. So I kind of, you know, made my mind up pretty early, uh, you know, based on European results and injuries and whatnot, that maybe Kane to Bamford is the way to go because I believe that Bamford is possibly just, you know, hold on to him. Uh, yeah. Pre- as long as he's getting these 90 minutes, I don't see much of a, a worry. And those, uh, you know, I didn't come out of the, the Everton-Leeds match going, I've made a mistake. I came out going, I got unlucky that Bamford yeah, hasn't got there, a return yeah. here. Um, and I'm happy to have him against... Looking ahead to to his run of fixtures, I mean, what Leeds have a slightly slightly dodge um, fixture this week. Arsenal or not Arsenal? I keep I'm for some reason my ticker Chelsea. is yeah my ticker is two weeks behind. us twice in this episode. I've said game weeks nine matches or game weeks nine fixtures, but yeah, Chelsea. So you know Chelsea's defense have been pretty fucking great. We'll get into that in a while, but uh, yeah, the tough one this week. But then West Ham, Newcastle, and Burnley in the tree or in the tree of the next four following that and that's you know 
their fixtures I want Bamford first. So I said, fuck it. If I'm going to make the move now, you know, he's got the the uh, he's got the upper hand, but he didn't deliver, Seamus. Uh, are you reconsidering yeah, now? You can count yourself a bit unlucky. He he had a goal, was ruled off, out offside, uh, rightly, fair, fair enough. And uh, also, uh, Richarlison had a goal ruled out. So, like, it was actually a good game. I, I heard somewhere that it had, like, one of the most shots, like, in the Premier League this season. So, I mean, like, you are unlucky. He had good chances. Um, what's his face? Jack uh, Harrison Yeah. for them was could have had a hat-trick. You know, there's players there that interest me in Leeds. I... Part of me just really wants a Leeds player. And Bamford is the guy, the obvious pick, you know, especially if you're, I want to downgrade him and his. If I don't go for somebody like Bamford, I could definitely see myself getting a different um, Leeds midfielder There's, in, like it, Harrison, Rafinha. Yeah. Is there a case like to that, be made Mitch? for Rafinha? Like you mentioned him there. He's got his second start of the season. He's uh, played, he's had minutes in the last three matches. Um, 542 0.2% on. 0.2% on. So. You know, differential out the wazoo. And, uh, yeah, he got the winner this week. Are you, like, he, We'll probably get onto later. I know we have a question about it, but is he like a mid-priced uh, mid kind of midfield option for you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, for his price, you're not expecting too much. He's the same price as uh, Pudence. You know, he's in that uh, 5.5 million uh, bracket, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I don't have his price written down here. I had it earlier. But... Um, He's the sort of player that, you know, for a fourth midfielder or maybe a fifth midfielder, he's the sort of price I'd be interested in, especially if you're trying to fit in premium forwards. There's a goal for Watkins. Um, he's the sort of price you want to... You can afford, and it, as I said, it would allow you to fit in Salah, Bruno, KDB. Sometimes he can be a facilitator. Yeah. So I'm more than happy with that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's that. Fair enough, fair so enough. He's, he's, he's offside, I'd say. It looks like he's going to be offside. This is brilliant. We should be doing this every week. Live commentary. I know, it's good. Who wants? Who needs to pay for Sky Sports when they've got you and me? But uh, uh, moving a on day, to... F- a day late live. Yeah. <laughs> By the time people listen to this, that's, but still. Well, uh, yeah, that's true. It's the opposite of life. It's not live at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's hard to see. He could be on. He might be on. His head is kind of... Crystal Park. Palace the, nil, the lines Newcastle 2. I'm not going to do this for the whole show where we talk about the fucking bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crystal Palace nil, Newcastle 2. Joe Linton, Wilson. I mean, he... I've seen uh, FPL Crypto transferring in uh, Wilson this week. I think Rogue shared yeah. something. I was like, yep, that was a pretty good move. I mean, when you consider my Kane to Bamford could have easily been as uh, insightful as Kane to Wilson. And uh, it wasn't, but Wilson owners won't give a shit. He came out of that with a 12-point return, goal and assist. Scored very, very late, it may be say, or it might be be said should be said I don't know but uh, very late but Golden says 12 points uh, n- you know nonetheless and, uh, and a Golden says for Joel into as well as well now the big talking point with this isn't so much uh, that game like game week uh, 10 against Crystal Palace it's looking ahead to game week 11 against Villa game week 12 against West Brom and game week 13 against Leeds three teams that are pretty much uh, you know and Fulham in game week 14 all four willing to concede pretty easily so I know you mentioned uh, Bamford a while ago we mentioned Watkins what about Wilson like come on what about Mr. Wilson 10 goals, uh, sorry, 10 uh, attacking returns, 7 goals, 3 assists in the first 10 games of the season. Yeah. You got to think, um, you got to be considering them with we- games against Aston Villa, West away, West Brom at home, Leeds away, Fulham at home. Yeah. 
you're talking about West Brom and Fulham there, the two teams we all have kind of target at home. Then you've got Villa away. Yeah, they were good this season. Um, then you've got Leeds away. Leeds who are very attacking and often leave the back door open in their uh, attempts to attack. So, yeah, you got to be looking at them. But like, it's, it must be said, they're absolutely two one. Watkins' goal didn't stand. How would you like being interrupted, yeah. Seamus? No, yeah. no, no <laughs> I, I could see. I'm watching them make the decision, and I could see that's going to be ruled off. It looks slightly off, but. It's a real shame for Watkins owners. He could have had two goals here today, but he's hit the bar. He's on zero points. Goal ruled out. Ugh, oh, well. Uh, I don't own him, so I'm happy. Yeah, same here. <laughs> but I'm looking... I, I don't think I can ignore Wilson now. They're, the only thing about Wilson is that we've owned him... I've owned him two seasons ago, and he's done the business when I've had him. Then he also goes and spells where he has nothing during these really nice fixtures. So there's that in the back of my mind. Yeah. He's playing with any other team other than Newcastle. I think I would go for it. The fact he's it. with Newcastle and Newcastle have zero attacking ambition pretty much. And they just seem to get, just seems like they get lucky with their wins. I don't think there's any tactical, you know, nous used I think... by Steve Bruce. I think it's just a case of he's just hoping players will just kind of do stuff for him. Yeah, I you know, get it. I think um, I just can't back him. I just feel I'm it really hard. I might still go for it, but I'd be more than prepared for it to fall flat in its arse, you know? Yeah, I get you. And before we move off, um, Crystal Palace, yeah, a bit of a disappointing result from de- from them, you know, with their start of the season. They've been pretty, you know, pretty strong for a team whose, you know, expectations would have been avoid relegation. And uh, they have a nice one next week against West Brom. And that's kind of followed by a, b- a bunch of tough fixtures. Tottenham, West Ham, Liverpool, Villa, Leicester, all in the next, what, four or five. So it might be time to, you know, for anyone holding on to some Zaha's. I know, you know, obviously had the, the COVID injury and or the COVID uh, absence and stuff like that. So people are already looking to get off him. But it seems like, you know, Crystal Palace's time uh, as an FPL option is coming to an end for now at the very least. But moving on, uh, oh, yeah, I I get off just to, to yeah. underline that I get off Crystal Palace. Their their good fixtures are coming to an end now. There's no t- there's no point buying them if you have them. As you said, if, is it West Brom they're playing this week? Yeah, May, I'd hold them for that obviously. But uh, yeah, there's no point buying Crystal Palace now at this stage. They're not scoring a lot of goals. They're playing. They're actually in bad form. So. No, get off. Um, I didn't see the game on Friday. I have better things to do in my life than watch fucking Crystal Palace versus Newcastle. So uh, I can't speak for the game, but uh, I'm pretty sure I know what happened yeah. in this game. The same thing that happens in all fucking Crystal Palace and Newcastle games. I've been very productive this year. I've uh, I've channeled the you know aforementioned staggered FPL fixtures, staggered Premier League fixtures into um, trying to be productive. So like on a Friday night, if there's something shit like Crystal Palace versus Newcastle, I will make dinner and I will have the match on in the background or on a Saturday or Sunday. If there's not a match, I don't give a toss about. I'll wash the floor. So herself doesn't have a clue what's going on. She thinks I'm having an affair or something like that. I've been so productive over the last uh, couple of months. But uh, I'm just saying, you know, there is positive spins to all of that. Moving on to the fixture just after Crystal Palace, Saturday morning. Uh, everyone always, we've already kind of mentioned it a bit. Uh, Brighton Liverpool 1-1. I think the big talking point from that one is uh, Diogo Jota. I mean, he was kind of talk. He was heavily touted before it. He's kind of been hard to ignore. And uh, he didn't fail to disappoint anyone who jumped on the Jota bandwagon. He picked up his second goal in two games and, uh, yeah, bagged a nine-point return for his owners, bettering Salah's return of 
six by three points. Seamus, tell me now you're convinced. 24.6% owned, 6.8 little Portuguese man, Diogo Jota. Tell me, tell me now I'm convinced. I like, we got asked this question about four weeks ago on the pod. And you said, not a hope in hell. I said, yeah. You said no. You said no. You did not. I said, I'm sitting on Barnes here and Barnes is doing nothing. Like, this guy Jota is definitely good enough. Uh, he scored four goals in his last five games now, which is he's got nine, nine, two, eight, nine. Savage returns for his price. He's up to six point eight. Uh, yeah, everyone's onto him. Twenty four point six percent owned. Yeah, that is that's that's the it's truest cool. thing you're going to say tonight, Seamus. Everybody is fucking onto him. When I clicked yeah, that there secrets. and read twenty four percent, I didn't know that. Like I hadn't prepped this and you know looked at Jata's ownership. I was not expecting one in four managers to have Jata in their teams. And yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong, Seamus. So, Should yeah. I be getting him? So already in? had. He's already had 200,000 transfers in this week. He had 783 transfers, 783,000 transfers last week. So that's a million transfers in a week. Like the cat's out of the bag. People know. He's <laughs> People know. So there's no, there's no hiding it. And so Klopp is he... finding a place for him in his team. He's playing all four of Firmino, Mane, Salah, and Jota. And like chances are with rotation, he's going to rotate one of those three, and Jota will be playing even more advanced. You're so making yeah, my my option not option but you're making my uh figuri of going from sun to jota quite you know malleable in my brain right now i can see myself doing it um i was kind of kind of putting myself off going no i have sad i had no need but i'm looking to get rid of sun i need to free up cash anyway a little bit so you think that's a viable option like honestly yeah from one ombre to another yeah i'm thinking of just going um barnes to jota that's what I'm thinking of doing myself. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's not in the bag. I mean, my plan was to get Salah back in. I mentioned already for Bruno. Can't don't think I can sell Bruno. Don't want to sell KDB. Like especially like they're playing Fulham this week, but they're they've still got a nice run after that. Yeah. So who am I going to get rid of? I could get rid of Jack Grealish. She's taken over nicely, and he's a nice cheap price. Um, I so think that, I just that's a good go question right Salah. there, Seamus. Like Jota. Grealish versus Jota. Like who are you? Who are you kind of looking at there? Like, assuming you don't already own Grealish, like you need to pick one. You're well Why not both? Oh, I like <laughs> it not? sitting on the fence. Um, um, not. Where would I? I'd go with Grealish to be honest. Yeah, I still stick with Grealish. You can't. You can't make a pretty witty response and then just undermine it with a yeah, but it, no, but proper answer. It, on a wild card, you said on a wild card. <laughs> so on a wild card, I'd have both. Okay. 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 But if you're talking, um, you know, like get rid of Grealish for Jota, no. Don't do. I'm not going to do that. Um, Grealish is still playing really well. Talisman for his team. Um, he scored tonight. I think I don't know if he's on for any we'll bonus. We'll get to Villa. We'll get to Villa. But I get you. You're you're not you're not going to be jumping off the likes of a Jack Grealish to a Jota. But you may have both of them in your team, and I think that's uh, that's pretty. That's all I need to hear. Uh, fixture after that, City, Bur- Burnley, 5-0 City. I really don't think there was much of a shock. The biggest shock in that match was Mara's getting the hat-trick. Especially after you informed me before we started recording tonight that uh, we shat all over Maris in last week's episode. I do not remember that, but yeah. <laughs> I will take it word I think it was Alan Duggan's question. He was like, what about Mares? And pretty much universe, all four of us, I think, kind of went, no, not Mares. Not because he's a rotation risk, but because he's been playing crap this season. Uh, which he has. We'll stand over that. He had one goal before 
uh, this game. Uh, like, if you were to look at his, there's there was no form coming into this. Yeah, he's he had a goal and assist his... in game week three. That was it. Yeah, and uh, since then it's so it's twelve points, two, three, two, three. Didn't play against Liverpool, two, and then twenty-one, 21 baby. So <laughs> just out of nowhere, twenty-one. Yeah, he was just on it uh, today, and look, who's always uh, liable to do that. Sterling hasn't played like the three or is it even four home times uh, that Man City have played Burnley at home? I think it's four. At stage. Yeah. yeah, this is certainly the fourth time. Um, it might even be the fifth, but basically. For whatever reason, Pep just goes, no, I don't need to play Sterling in this particular fixture. So anyone who had him this week, you know, we, you would, could still say that's just a random anomaly, but certainly it couldn't be. It's it's now. stung. Yeah, you're right. I mean, bite me once, uh, you know, shame on me and all that stuff. And I'm with you. It is a bit weird that Sterling, uh, why specifically Sterling? Because you'd imagine, you know, um, the likes of... Maris isn't too dissimilar from Sterling, you know, especially when Sterling's out on the left yeah. and he cuts in to the right. But uh, either way, uh, he did miss. Um, but looking, and I get, we'll just touch on that briefly because I think we, I know your answer, but we've already discussed City's amazing run of fixtures. They have Fulham at home in game week 11. I think that's, you know, it's going to be massively um, KDB yeah. captain City. So with that in mind and West Brom the game week uh, in you know ter- game week thirteen after the United Derby, uh, do you think Mares is a valid option? Is this an anomaly? Like, do you just go, nope? I was right last week. This was a fucking uh, pile of shit. No, look, the City haven't been playing well. Mares hasn't been playing well, but City haven't been playing well. Um, he does this. He still ended up last season with 180 points or something. I'll just pull it up here. 175 points he got last season. 11 goals, 14 assists, and. That's from under 2,000 minutes. So there's always this kind of chance or risk that he's not going to get minutes. Now, this season, he's played 90 minutes, one, two, three, four times out of uh, nine games. And he's played one, two, three other games more than 70 minutes. So he has, you know, at least 70 minutes. So he, he has been getting games. He didn't play in game week two and he didn't play in game week eight. So he either starts and plays most of the game. Or he doesn't seem to play. Yeah. So I think just get him in if you've got a strong enough bench. But this is the season with COVID and missing players and injuries, and it's hard to get value out of your team. I, I you. have lots of non-playing players on my bench, so I don't know if I want to go for him. But if I had a playing bench, I think he would be a fine yeah. fourth player. Well, I mean, but for his just... price, he's almost the same price as Ziyech. So yeah, he know. is, and he's also like we mentioned Jota. So I mean, surely if you're justifying. Jota has a pick, then Maraz has to, or, uh, you know, he's a bit ahead of the likes of Maraz, considering the price difference. To me, anyway, I'd yeah. rather Jota. It's a 1.4 1. 1. 1. between them. Yeah. If one... they were the same price, I, I could be a bit more optimistic about Maraz, but uh, he's not. He's just that kind of slightly more expensive. He still could be value, but you don't know what. Like, he could get a hat-trick in the next game again. He'll get back-to-back hat-tricks. That'll be, that'll be exactly it. He'll definitely get a hat-trick next week against... Uh, uh, Fulham so just to to further hammer the nail home for us we're not going to go into KDB I really don't think we need to talk about it he got two assists this week was unlucky not to get a goal in the final uh, kick of the game almost yeah he you know was exactly what we expected he could be and hopefully this is a, a kind of upturn for him so as I said we won't focus on KDB there's no need to you know where we stand I, he's going to be your captain next week I know he is he's definitely going to be my captain yeah. but his ownership is so small Ger. like it's uh, he's 19.9% owned he was under 18% owned in this game week yeah. and obviously 10 points is less, going to turn heads especially when he's playing Fulham less managers own him than Jota 
Let that sink yeah. in. I didn't really realize that. Again, this is all new information. It shouldn't be, but this is the level of professionalism you're dealing with here at the FPL Hangover. No, I'm with you. He is uh, less owned than I would have expected, but that's fine by me. I'm sure that'll change uh, before the game week 11 kickoff. But looking at the City match, and before we move on, there was one other uh, big, like, I mean, Jesus got an assist as well. So just to touch on that, Great for anyone that took the punt on him. Aguero is uh, rumoured to have picked up another slight uh, setback on the injury. Just a slight one. Pep said it's not serious, but that you know may get uh, Jesus to start next week. We're going to watch the Champions Didn't know League. That. Didn't know that now. That's yeah. good to know. Well, I come prepared unless we're talking about the thing I mentioned previously. But uh, yeah, so basically that's Jesus got an assist. I mean, when it's a 5-0 win to City and you have City's number nine, you're kind of open for a little bit more. But uh, that wasn't the case. The big talking point, I think, outside of KDB and Mares was Cancelo being rested. Now, a lot of people, yeah. myself included, was looking to come off and did come off maybe in previous weeks. Liverpool's defence into a Cancelo who seemed to have nailed his position uh, in the squad. But now Mendy's back from injury. Cancelo did play midweek and was rested against Burnley. So you've got to be worried a little bit against Fulham. Seamus, do you think it was just like, he's just got to rest? Uh, but Mendy did score. A, Mendy did score. Yeah, if it's a one-time game that he's been rested, like Pep does this, yeah. where you kind of go like, oh, brilliant. They've gone through a couple of somewhat hard games and now they've a lovely run of games I get these players in and then Pep also goes we should be hammering these guys rotates his squad and all of a sudden the likes of Laporte who is previously undroppable is dropped and John Stones comes in which yeah. is what happened Cancelo who's playing all these games he's he's rested and in comes uh, Mendy uh, and I would say look once off okay yeah next game probably if, um, it could be Cancelo again back left back but the fact that he Played probably better than I've seen him play all season, Mendy. Yeah. Scored a goal. Wouldn't be hard. I think Pep, he's only played. Pep does like, like to reward players with good performances by keeping them in the team. So. And he did yeah. say that. He said, uh, goals keep you in the squad. So that'll have had Cancelo owners, uh, you know, their ears will have been pricked by those comments. But yeah, all in all, 5 0 City, not a lot to write home about. We're also <laughs> not a lot to write home about from the West Brom Sheffield United match. Uh, again, another very low scoring affair. West Brom pulling off a 1 0 victory and a man of the match performance from Sam Johnson. He came out with an 11 point haul. And. Uh, for anyone that would have started the season with him, they would have been delighted to to see that kind of performance. But I do feel it was a you know it's a bit of a blip. I think West Brom we know already they can be got at. Sheffield United are very toothless so far this season. Brewster not even making the starting lineup, but did come on late on and uh, didn't have much to show for it. We won't dwell on it too long, Seamus. But any thoughts spring into mind from West Brom Sheffield United? Uh, what I've seen of the match from the highlights match of the day, because again, this was a game you couldn't have paid me to watch. I was like, this is going to be nil all. No, but uh, no, uh, Conor Gallagher scores uh, is, from a. Uh, yeah. Is there running water in your background, Seamus? No, my wife has decided she's going to make a smoothie or something and is running oh, the blender. Brilliant. That's yeah. very perfect timing. But... kept all the doors open as well. <laughs> I was um, wondering, yeah. I was like, have you entered a waterfall? Yeah, no, not quite. But yeah, Gall- but, Gallagher, uh, as you said, uh, he did. He's... Gallagher scored. He looks like a, a good player. I don't know if he's an FPL option, personally. He's not an FPL option, I'm going to say. It. But uh, just to touch on uh, Johnson, you know, this is why you 
choose your keeper at the start of the season and you set and forget them. A lot of people are saying, oh yeah, Alex McCarthy's having a really good season. And he is, 42 points from his first two games. That's just one point better off than Johnson. I know he, he picked it up here this week with 11 and 11 pointer. But, you know, he, if they do keep clean sheets, there's a good chance he's making a lot of saves and he's going to get the three bonus, you know, so... Um, that's, say that to me to again. Him. What did you say was one point more than Johnson? Did you say McCarthy was? Yeah. Tell say that a sentence again, because I feel like I heard it right, but it seemed a bit unbelievable to me. McCarthy, uh, Alex McCarthy's on forty-two points. My set and forget keeper since the start of the yeah. season, even through my wild card. A lot of people are feeling burned from switching from McCarthy at the start to Martinez and stuff like that. I know you. Did you have McCarthy as well at the start? I did. I switched Martinez? to Martinez. Yeah. I don't feel too I burnt, spoke- but. Like, yeah, I definitely well, didn't need to do it. But yeah, go ahead. But I, I, I've heard a lot of people kind of saying I should have just left it. Um, yeah, he does. Like, Southampton do keep I did not realize so West Brom were yeah. so fucking, uh, or Johnson was so close to McCarthy in the scoring. That's crazy. Well, he was, you know, he, like before this week, he would have been on 30 points. Uh, but that game brought him up 11 points and 11 pointer will do that for you. So, yeah, but I mean, that's they've only kept two clean sheets. That's the thing. That's why that's... I'm surprised. This was their second clean sheet of the season. And I mean, you're right. 11 pointer is a massive boost, but it's like you expect them from your 4.5 uh, relegation candidate keepers every now and again, like maybe five to six times a season. They're going to pull out a massive performance and the team will scrape uh, a 1-0 win. Uh, but I didn't, I still didn't expect him to be so close to McCarthy's points. But there you go. Seamus, there's your next move. McCarthy to Johnston. Save yourself uh, a point one. Easy switch. Just further, further evidence for just the set and forget keeper. You know, uh, by the end of the season, all these keepers are going to be in and around each other, and there's no point going chasing them, yeah. wasting your transfers trying to get them. Just get on somebody, and then at the end of the season, you're like, oh, if I'd gone for this keeper, I'd be 15 points better off. Like, yeah, but you would have wasted transfers. And yeah, I'm with you. Know, you. Just I'm change your you. keeper on your wild card and leave it at that. Yeah, I'm actually starting to worry a bit more about not having a playing second keeper. Just as we're getting into the Christmas fixtures, I'm like, oh, I don't know what happens if. But I'm not going to get into that. That Ramsdale is your second keeper. Oh God, I'd rather... he's the one keeper you should transfer out. I would yeah. say. Yeah. Oh, that's that lad. I, I'm a bit. I'm a bit picky when it comes to goalkeepers. Anyway, it's kind of why I got rid of McCarthy. I don't rate him as a goalkeeper. I think he's a good shot stopper. I don't think he's much of a keeper. And uh, I think Martin Martinez is you know fucking great. Uh, you know, I think mm-hmm. uh, he could have easily stayed as Arsenal's number one if you get if you get my drift. But um. Speaking on Southampton are organized, so they're not going to give up too many big chances. So all he has to do is make a few saves. Yeah. I was sick and he saved that Bruno effort at the start of the or in the first half that Bruno should have buried. If Southampton but, had come out of that with a clean sheet, you would have been laughing because he'd have come out of that with another fucking 12, 13 point haul. <laughs> but uh, that but was another thing why I really wanted United to just fucking score. I was like, fuck this Southampton clean sheet shit. Uh, but he did. They did score, and we we've talked about Southampton Man United match. But a match we haven't talked about is Chelsea Spurs nil nil. Um, not massively shocking. Uh, kind of very similar performances to the Chelsea Man United game to me, where neither team really were going for it. Chelsea a bit more attacking than Spurs, but um, you know. You'll have been pretty fucking happy with returns in that match, especially when you look at the bonus points. Another masterclass uh, of FPL defensiveness from you, Chilwell and James. Yeah, look, these guys have been super for me since I've had them. Um, super. Chilwell, 
Chill well, I've had... I'm just going to pull it up here. Chill well, I've had only three weeks. It feels like way longer, but he's got eight, seven, and eight in these three games. That's 23 points, which is more than the seven games I had Alexander-Arnold, who's more expensive. Uh, so, yeah, Alexander-Arnold only 19 points in the seven games I had him. Uh, likewise, I've had James a game week... Uh, I've actually had him a few game weeks longer, but he was benched for the first couple of games I had you him. Yeah, come on. We don't I'm... need your life fucking story on two Chelsea yeah. defenders, all right? You were happy well, yeah, they got a clean sheet. Yeah, come on. Know, the double the double Chelsea defense is fucking working. I'm going to stick with it a bit longer. <laughs> you know. I just can't believe that James has came from what I thought was a fire, which you also agreed was kind of like, oh, this is an issue I might need to fix to... Yeah. Oh, I want to play him against every team, you know, especially yeah, for well, I'm happy, well, like what I'm price happy is he? I, I was patient. He's only yeah. 5.1. I got him for 5.1. He dropped down to 5.0 for a week or two and now he's back up to 5.1, but he honestly could have had a couple of assists. That's the why he got on the bonus cuz like he set up a couple of easy chances for Tammy and Tammy Abraham and he fluffed his headers, yeah. you know, but he put him on a play like his delivery is, is very good. It's like it's like Trent almost and what you were saying, we were discussing Ziyech earlier, and you thought Ziyech might dent his impact. Yeah. But I think because Ziyech is left-footed and will always look to pull in and he's left, with uh, James will often be behind him. He'll often try and overlap him. Yeah. And because Ziyech is such a dangerous left foot, that will pull away one of, you know, they can't double up on James. Like a good, like people will double up on Trent to stop him blocking across. Um Whereas with James, he's left one on one. So if he can get past his marker and he can whip in the ball, it's a clear chance, you know, a lot of times. Yeah, time. I get you. But just to elaborate on what I said, and I, I don't think it might, I think it is. Like watching the match, I see like James' first instinct now, where where maybe three, four weeks ago it was to whip a ball in. Now it's is he ish free to whip that ball in? And he kind of pulls it back a lot more. Now I still think obviously, you know. James is incredibly attacking and will uh, at times look to just whip it in anyway. As you said, like he threw in a load yeah. of crosses. But for me, I'm watching it and it's not a massive thing. It's like I compared it to Tellers uh, playing in the same game as Bruno. It takes maybe 50% of Bruno's corners off him, which, you know, over the season might make some difference but you know it's not the end of the world it's the same with James it's like he knows now that he doesn't have to hit that byline and get the ball into the centre he's got Ziyech waiting to to put it on the penalty spot at least that's what it yeah. looks to be doing but I mean time uh, will tell time what tell. the story with that yeah. is exactly what I'd be more concerned about and it's for someone like me who is still considering when I know where I need to put money I know there's money in the likes of Robertson and with Van Dijk out this season. I know we're touching on something we've spoken about over many episodes. But with Van Dijk out this season, I do think Liverpool are obviously going to be more vulnerable at the back. Um, as proven, I think, this week. Well, maybe that's a bit unfair because they had the clean sheet into injury time. But uh, they are going to be a little bit more vulnerable at the back. And if I'm looking to free up funds, Robertson down to James is a, is a cool two million like it is a, a cool two mil if you have somewhere to put it. Now I don't, but my point is, do I need to worry about Aspilicueta, especially come Christmas time and the fact that the fixtures are starting to pick up and pick up? Are we going to see James rested? Like, yeah, maybe that's a, that's a really good point. I have zero bench really at the minute. Um, I had I have like one player, like one playing person on the bench, but now that Jimenez is being like going to be ruled out for God knows how long, you know, I I. He's on my bench at the minute. He's my first sub. So 
if I make one transfer and get rid of him, then I've got one player on my bench. So I need probably to improve my bench to continue carrying the likes of James and certainly Barnes. I, like my my problem this week was that you know if Barnes or Barnes didn't play, mm. I'm down to just ten players. I've no one to come off the bench for me because Lamptey was uh, suspended. He's back. So now. he's back now. So even like if I you know. Even if I kept him in his there, there's no reason I would. I can still get 11 out. So, yeah, I, I think if I was in a position where I had Robertson, I would just hold him. Like yeah. he's, as you said, he got 12-pointer last week. He's very close to doing that. Any week they keep a clean sheet. Any time, like He's getting a lot of assists. Uh, treat him like a midfielder. Yeah, And he could nearly had nine points this week, but tiredness cooking. I think I wouldn't sell. Yeah, I'm I not... would take that as an advantage because a lot of people have got off the Liverpool defense and he could still he could still do business you I'm, know? With you. I'm with you i'm not i'm just saying like down the line maybe i know as soon as i do if i was to make a move on the likes of james then that's when he'd suddenly you know lose his spot to the new fucking rejuvenate yep. but moving on quickly um arsenal wolves not a massive amount to talk about there other than as we already mentioned the him and his injury big win for wolves like first time in god knows how long arsenal um Losing their clean sheet, Wolves also conceding. I suppose FPL wise, the big the biggest talking point for me uh, in that one is Kilman not starting. Now you mentioned that uh, he lost his dad previous to that, so maybe it's related. He did come off um, the bench late in the match and uh, got some minutes, so he's obviously not away uh, grieving or anything like that. So I'd be a bit more concerned um, as a Kilman owner myself. I'm like. Oh, hopefully this was just a little bit of a rest, <laughs> but I don't know. Do you know what it is? It's because he was, um, because of the, I don't know if he, did he play the game last week? I think he did. I, I, he did, yeah, I'm, he did, yeah. I'm underprepared, yeah, he, he did, did play that yeah, one. Yeah. But Sice was out with, uh, Cody was out um, because of close contact or an, at the England camp or something like that, or injury, yeah, yeah. and uh, Sice has COVID. So they were down to, they didn't really have three defenders, uh, so they couldn't really play their three centre-back formation they usually do. They changed to a flat-back four, and uh, they were good. And they just carried it into this game against uh, Arsenal. It's so rare to see them playing with a flat-back four instead of, you know, two, uh, two wingers. But that's what they did. They obviously said, look, let's do it again. And Kilman, because they were... They had Cody back. Kilman was allowed to lose out. They're not going to drop Bolly and Cody ahead of Kilman. So Kilman lost out, and it was down to the positional change. So, which Kilman I was feel like, I up. yeah. No, I wonder what um, Sp- Santo Spanto. I was going to call him Santo, and then I went no. Uh, but like, yeah, I wonder what the Wolves coach will um, make of this. Like they did concede pretty early on in that first half, um, and he did switch to the back five again by the end but i guess it's a time uh you know time again another time will tell no massive other shocks are ringing around that match potence yeah. did reward anyone that kept fate with him with a nine point return hauled off again in the 69th minute so uh 10 minutes uh did over. he still get hauled off early he came oh off God, after did, 69 yeah. minutes yeah so yeah that's his little party trick but nine points uh his ownership is down to three percent um a lot of people who had him yeah. would have sold them in the last few weeks there was a lot of excitement you know I think there's more back. cause for excitement with uh, his counterpart Nate, uh, Pedro Neto he's yeah. uh, 5.5 so he's 0.1 more expensive he got a goal and assist this week as well played the full 90 and uh, returned a 13 point haul that's following his 6 pointer against Southampton so 3 goals 3 assists versus Podence's 2 goals 2 assists and both down as midfielders so 
Like those two are really battling out for uh, which five point five Wolves midfielder do you want this season? You know, if Neto Wolves were to... go on, sorry, go on. Oh no, I interrupted. Keep going. I was just saying, if Wolves were to find some vein of form that saw them putting more than you know one to two goals past uh, randomly past an opponent in the last ten minutes of the match, uh, as it as it was prior to game week ten, you know you'd be flush with options for cheap midfielders so I suppose the game is kind of safer that Wolves are a bit more conservative this year yeah I mean they've always been conservative but you know as I said going to a flat back forward that frees up to you know an extra attacking player yeah so yeah with um with him and his apparently the the thing is here he's got a he's fractured his skull so that's like that's not something you're back from in, uh, in a week or two you know yeah. I don't know how long he's out he could be out for the season you know so so, so what way does uh, yeah how does he line up to that yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, does that mean Adama Traore is going to be playing as a more of a centre forward role alongside you know Neto or uh, Pudence or did they put that new guy that they got Silva up yeah. front um, or did they continue like with uh, Neto but like Neto has been getting all this game time anyway i mean he was rested in the southampton game he only got 20 minutes which he still came on and scored but he's got two goals and two assists in his last four which is like totting up 28 points in his last four we have he's doing we have a little bit of a question on netto come drunk tank so we won't delve into much more now but uh needless to say that you know i hate needless to say i hate when i say needless to say it just annoys me but needless to say um you know we need to see how wolves react to this him and his injury um because you know he is a fucking uh an absolute talisman for that for that club and uh for their squad and their starting 11 um West Ham Villa, that'll be next, but we'll just touch on Leicester Fulham now. We've already looked at it a bit. You kind of got your Barnes goal laid on, who didn't start, and Vardy picked up a late assist. Uh, but the big, big shock of the weekend was Fulham picking up the two points, uh, or the three points against Leicester in a match that I hesitate to. I, I would hesitate to find anyone who thought Fulham would get a result here. I certainly didn't. Um, it was a kind of almost perfect for you in the sense that like you got a nice return out of it Vardy didn't go mad from where I'm standing so mm. all in all it's like yeah you came out smelling a bit better than the majority of Vardy owners but I'd expect they're maybe just a little bit relieved that he did pick up that late assist you know oh yeah absolutely um, any points are better than none yeah. what did he get me Five points, and I said, but it was mainly because I was mostly relieved that Barnes got it because no one owns Barnes, so that's that's kind of free points in the in the bank. That's yeah. helped my OR. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Leicester were absolutely dreadful in the first half. They went with a um, their normal playing three centre backs, passing it across the back. Both get I can I've seen them a few times this season, and they've been okay. They've been good in some games. Like Tielemans and Mendy were absolutely immense against Man City. Yeah, but against Liverpool and again in this game against Fulham, two completely different types of opponents. T. Elements has been fucking useless. He can t- every so often he'll do something and you go, oh, there's there's the player we know he can do. He put in a good cross. Like I think it was his ball into the box that ultimately Jamie Vardy headed down and Brian scored from. But like yeah. that's when they're two 0 down. He did nothing in midfield to progress the ball really to find lines. Madison was pretty useless. Pratt for some reason 
like Brendan Rodgers loves Pratt. They're so narrow. There was no width, which is why he brought on Harvey Barnes and under, which made a big difference. Well, it made a difference. Yeah, uh, it wasn't a massive wasn't difference. A massive difference. Yeah, Fulham were kind of happy enough to just go, Grant, so try and break us down and we'll catch you yeah. on the counter. Well, I mean, but, um, like, the big talking point out of that match wasn't Vardy, which is what we were kind of expecting. I was expecting to be sitting here listening to you gloat after having a Vardy hat-trick. But instead, it turned out to be uh, Adamola Luckman, who has yeah, definitely, he yeah, he do, he did look good, man. And uh, oh, there I did. It. I'm sorry. Like horrible fixtures. Would do that. I know. I'm sorry. But horrible fixtures. City, Liverpool up next. But in general, like a big, a very, you know, just a bright spark in that Fulham team. Every time he looks at, it, he's so fucking fast for a start. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but good. like, yeah, he's he's very good. Um, five million for a Fulham defender. I think there's a case to be made for the likes of those, like myself, with Suchek or Sauchek, however the fuck it's pronounced, um, you know, that Luckman's as valid an option as uh, as, uh, Suchek. Two goals and assists now for him. He's started, like, all of uh, Fulham's last, what, five matches, six matches. Mm. Um, Seven points, five points, ten points there in game week five. He tips away for five million. Again, I'm not swung on Fulham's fixtures and I really don't want to be looking at Fulham to for attack and returns, but it's kind of getting a little bit hard to ignore. Very, very lowly owned and uh, still affordable. Yeah, I can't find a decent enough run of games that I want to have him for. Um, you could say like 13, and 15, 13, 14, 15 are okay, but I don't want to be using a transfer on my fourth or fifth midfielder slot. Uh, so I don't want to be getting him in and then going, oh, well, look, then the fixtures turn crap for a few games, so I want to sell him for somebody else. Um, if they had a decent run of games for like a 10, 8, 8 to 9, 10 game spell where I'm happy to hold them, then maybe. But unless you want him as your fifth and you're happy to bench him in the bad fixtures like City, Liverpool, Spurs, nearly United, all of Chelsea, them. <laughs> which he plays five, he plays those five fixtures in the next uh, nine game weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, like he's only got four good fixtures in that run. But yeah, he's not bad. Yeah. He's a, he's a good player and a bad player in that he's very fast, he's very attacking, but watch him a few times and he just had awful passing. Yeah. You know, he's good dribbler, he's got good pace, and he's probably a good finisher. But yeah, he's passing, he just leaves things short, he overhits things, he's just... I'm with you, I'm with you. Yeah, he's got gaps. There's a reason he's playing for Fulham. No massive uh, shocks in the West Ham Villa match either. It ended 2-1. Uh, Grealish did pick up that uh, goal, which means he's going to come out of that with uh, two bonus points, and that'll get him a nine-point return, which will cheer you up, Seamus, and uh, definitely cheer up a lot of the Grealish owners out there. Uh, unfortunate for Watkins owners, um, as we already mentioned, he's missed a penalty, had a goal ruled off. So could have been a very, very different night for for um villa owners and walking owners alike but another massive not, not massive but another big result for west ham they keep that winning streak going and they'll be fucking rolling now uh big news out of that antonio started he came off at half time or close to it i believe now i was setting this up oh, I but i did see Halloran. no i saw Halloran very early so i don't know where he came off but um in general uh, another big result for West Ham Seamus you you must be looking uh, towards the likes of Antonio the likes of uh, West Ham defence as, as really cheap options yeah I mean looking at their fixtures I kind of missed their good fixtures you got on them you had two clean sheets yeah. in a row the last few weeks for Masawaku okay, and that didn't work out this week should have 
Yeah, United. Yeah, United at home, and then uh, Leeds away, Crystal Palace at home. Okay, Leeds and Crystal Palace. Okay, Leeds get a lot of scoring opportunities. It really, but it really doesn't pick up again until like after Christmas Day, since the like twenty seventh. Yeah, game me fifteen. Yeah. I'm with you. It's kind of a wait and see. If you were on him, you're going to hold on to him for a little bit, especially the likes of Suchek. But uh, but I need not... to um I need to improve my fourth um. Or sorry, my fifth defender slot, and I'm going to have to deal with Justin soon enough anyway. And I've yeah. gone triple Leicester, which I don't want to have. Barnes is coming out of there anyway, but uh, I'm not even sure I want any Leicester coming up after their nice run of games. So I'm going to be looking to get a 4.5 defender in. And yeah, West Hammers are players I could get in. Like that game week 13 fixture against Crystal Palace yeah. screams clean sheet, and then they've got Brighton at home in game week 15. So if I can just do it in a way that would allow me to bench against the hard games like Chelsea away, I might I'd definitely be looking at them. Antonio is another forward of the ones I was mentioning I would, was interested in, but I just don't know what he's... Yeah, if they wait until he gets he, a couple of minutes under his belt. Yeah. Seems like he's back now, but he might be... You know, mm. he's liable to pull his hamstrings again at any moment. So, yeah, I might just take a bit more time. and He could come in for Vardy once I'm finished uh, and done with Vardy and I'm discarding him like yesterday's title roll. I get you, I get you. But look, we're 60 minutes in, and uh, I think we can put a pin in game week 9. I mean, we've pretty much uh, talked about how we see game week 10 and whatnot going from here on in. But uh, we'll stick a pin in it, and before we wrap things up, we will take a quick peek into the drunk tank. And uh, the first one in the pile is from FPL Renegades Podcast. You'll know them. You heard them last week. If you didn't, check that out. That was a great crack. At Renegades FPL, they have said, better ask a football question after being called out last week. No pressing moves this week. Hold and bench Barkley again or sell. And if I was to sell, best replacements, one free transfer, no money in the bank. Now, before I throw this over to you, Shams, because I know you've been looking at some of the cheap midfield options, I would just like to clarify that we did not call you out over your questions last week. That was your own podcast partner in crime, Kirks. He scoffed at some of our questions. And, uh, you know, the, I, I just had to mention the kind of shenanigans you've been getting up to, Drew. Personally, I love the off-the-wall questions and talking about stupid shit. But um, I'm also happy to help you with your team. Because God knows you need it. Seamus Barkley, sell... Who are you looking at if you do? Sell. Why would you hold? When is he due back? I thought he's out for a while. I don't know. We don't um, know. But go into it. I'm going to take a quick but, uh, break. Okay. Well, I was looking at this while uh, before the pod at a few different options because there's not a whole lot in that bracket. Um, there's a few that interest me. And immediately, the Leeds guys are the first ones that pop to mind because Leeds look like they've got goals in them. And I was very impressed with them in their performance this week against Everton. Um, Harrison in particular he's on a flag at the moment he costs 5.5 uh, Klitsch is always there he's 5.5 he's their penalty taker like um, like I was saying with the likes of uh, Ward Prowse can't tell when he's going to pick up his returns from penalties okay because they could come in any game but Harrison really like he hit the post he had another really big chance which he slid in and just put it wide I believe he had another chance but he actually could have had a hat trick he ended up with an assist um, he's somebody that interests me away to Chelsea this week. Not a brilliant fixture considering how tight Chelsea are defensively, but then they play West Ham at home and Newcastle at home, which are two amazing fixtures and Leeds have goals in them in any, in any game. They just kind of just rush forward on mass. 
Uh, another player from that that I like is uh, Rafina. Uh, obviously, he's only played a few games, scored the winner this week. He looks a real class player. And there's going to be games, game weeks, where some of these players may be benched and may come off the bench. Um, I had previously liked uh, Costa for Leeds. And uh, he's on the bench a bit now at the moment. So those are the guys I would be most immediately interested in. Um, you can also look at Southampton players like Armstrong, 5.5, Walcott, 5.8. They're playing Brighton away, Sheffield United at home, Arsenal away and Man City at home in the next four. Obviously, the next two are good, but then Arsenal and Man City are bad fixtures. And uh, Or you could just go straight to and pivot to other Aston Villa players, <laughs> considering they still have excellent fixtures. And uh, McGinn is 5.5. I'm not really too interested in that. Um, Trezeguet 5.3 is interesting. But there is, is he, the... though, Seamus? Is he? Uh, well, look, he won the penalty today, and uh, he really should have scored. He's like has crazy high XG. He really should have a lot more uh, attacking players. But I'd be worried that Traore is in the pitch now and could start taking minutes off him. So, yeah, I don't know... If you wanted to, their fixtures in the next four are Newcastle at home, Wolves away, Burnley at home, West Bromley. But I don't know why you'd sit on Barkley. He's just going to drop in value the longer he's out. Is there, I'm going to just check to see if he's got a return date. What about you, Ger? I mentioned in your absence there the Leeds uh, midfielders. I've mentioned uh, some Southampton midfielders, uh, uh, Armstrong and Walcott. Anyone yeah, no, else? I think um, like I, I would probably be... Either with the likes of Barkley, uh, right now looking at the options, the only one that stood out to me was Klitsch, which I know you talked about already. I think being a penalty taker and seeing what Leeds are capable of attacking wise, he's uh, he's a valid option. But in general, I'm either going down to basement uh, right of alt with like a four point three, four point four price point, or going up to you know into the sevens, uh, eights. Um, not so much. I mean, maybe the likes of. Uh, a Jared Bowen who picked up a, a goal and assist tonight. He's been kind of he's got four goals a season and assist. He's six point three, and yeah, he's uh, just outside of that. He's he's just outside of it, but like you could maybe push up to the likes of that. Uh, but in general, I think uh, no, no. I think uh, I would have. I was basically cheaping out in Grealish by picking Barkley. I thought, and now that yeah. Barkley's not there, I'm not sure if I really want Grealish. And uh, in general, yeah. Let me put one or two players to you and just tell me what I think. Now, we mentioned Neto and Podence. They're mm. both in that price range, you know, 5.5, 5.4. Um, Liverpool away at home, a tough one. Then Aston Villa at home, Chelsea at home, Burnley away. Well, that kind like of fits guys? in nicely with uh, Didi's question. And he asks, um, Neto's fast becoming a very attractive option. Doesn't always get 90 minutes, but he's banging in the goals. Is he a really good fourth or fifth choice mid? Which is kind of what Drew's talking about in regards to Barkley. You know, he was a fourth or fifth choice mid. Um, so, like, yeah, I don't know. We kind of spoke on Neto importance already, Seamus. And I'm with you. I think kind of got to wait a bit longer and see what does him, uh, him and his injury, uh, what the impact that's going to have on, the, uh, you know, the Spirito Santos lineup. And what the fuck? That's that's basically where I'm coming from. But I had Potence at the start of the season. Got off him. Because, uh, you know, the, the coming off early. And I think it's kind of similar to, to Neto at the moment for me. It's like, I don't know if, how quick mm. I am to get back there. Are you are you disagreeing? Yeah, look, there's a reason some of these players are priced 5.5. Same with like the likes of St. Maximam, you know. Mm. Uh, same with Armstrong. 
you know, you know, if you get these in the right spell, boom, you could hit like a 10 pointer, an eight pointer, a two pointer, and then another 10 pointer. And then they might be quiet for a while. Or, you know, they might get like six, seven, three or two, you know, and then a, a 10 pointer. But for their price, that's still great value. It's not a whole lot in the, the basket down there. I wouldn't expect a whole lot of potence and netto here um, in these games, Didi. I'm not just like Harrison is the one that interests me most just because leads look like they've got goals in them. And I want some leads action. And if you have Bamford, yeah, maybe you don't want to go that route. But if you don't, I think someone like Harrison or Rafina is the way to go to get, uh, to get in on that. I was looking at um, Gross. Yeah, I think there, that's a terrible well. shout. So I'll just cut you off there. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think, uh, yeah, Harris, uh, um, leads in general and Wolves, they're often good options. Last question before you wrap it up, because we are an hour and 10 minutes in and, uh, that is from Nuke. Um, he asks us, how can I bring KDB into my team? The only way he could think of doing it is to transfer out Salah and Ziyech to bring in KDB and Jota next week. Um, so basically he's like asking Zala and Z- Salah and Ziyech or KDB and Jota? Seamus, yay or nay? Um, Salah and Ziyech, KDB and Jota yeah. to bring in... No, Salah... KDB. I mean, surely Son has to be part of your, your thoughts here. Son and Ziyech has to be the way to do it? Well, there's Who's not. We're answering the question. So come on. So he's saying... Uh, Jota, Salah and Ziyech, KDB and Jota. And that's one way of doing it. I don't know if I like that way. I think I would... Get rid of uh, Sun and mm. Ziesh. I mean, Z- I don't really want to get rid of Ziesh, but yeah, Sun and Ziesh, and then minus KDB. You should have enough there to like replace Ziesh, you know, Sun with KDB and replace Ziesh with somebody who's like six million. There's players, you know, you're kind of still shopping in the bracket there. I wonder, could you get someone like Bowen or something like that in, or someone around the 6.2, 6.3 million mark? Yeah, maybe. I mean, like to me, I'm not too keen. Sell Salah, though, to get in KDB. That You're going to want Salah back in in game week 12. That's the thing. It feels like a bit of a sideways move. I think uh, it would require a bit of restructuring, but in general, like you can't have everyone nuclear. Uh, that's the way we were talking about before. it. He's, uh, he's got five midfielders and three playing strikers like yeah surely you just got to get rid of sun and ziesh and just downgrade one of those down to a 4.5 or down to suit check or something yeah. like that and he's got five play midfielders across the back as well or defenders across the back so i mean you can yeah. cut money out there somewhere i think you need to just be looking to turn i'm which i turns that sun into kdb somehow cut a million off somewhere i mean again probably shouldn't be saying this but antonio wise uh we don't know what happened tonight, but like I know you have him, so maybe there's money to be cut off there, but we'll see. Uh, either way, it's a bit of a sideways. I think Salah and KDB are going to be much of a muchness as the season kind of continues, but uh, this week at home to Fulham, I would be shitting it if I didn't have KDB, but I was shitting it in Verdi, and that didn't turn out too bad. So that's FPL for you. Um, yeah, I think we can wrap the drunk tank up there. I think before... Before we finish it all, I will take a quick look at this week's or the the findings as they currently are on LiveFPL.net for the FPL Hangover Mini League. In first place, we still have John Fanahy eleven. He's been up there for ages, six hundred forty nine points. In second, we've got Camarul Arafin flying without aim, six hundred thirty four points. Third, Peter Scully in the Orgazoid, six hundred twenty four. Fourth, Liam Herridge, Lane Line, six nineteen. 
Paul Galloway in number fifth with six eighteen, and Drew uh, from the Renegades. He's in number six. He's dropped down a couple of spaces. Six seventeen, seven Javender Ray. We live on Earth. Six one six six fifteen eight. Alan Jennings. Team Actimil. Six one three. Not reading out that guy because we're gonna have to boot that team out. Number ten, our very own Ian Walsh, Fish and Chups, uh, six ten. Also, Cahill Byrne, FPL Crypto, just sneaking inside the top ten uh, as well with uh, sim uh, with the same score, six ten. So uh, some good results all around for this week's mini league. Seamus, while you're live on air, have you gotten to hand out last year's prize to Fanukin yet? No, oh, shit, I Jesus Christ. <laughs> sure. You know what? I'm going to message him after this. Do. All do. right, so if you're listening to this, Fanukin, um, you can expect a message here. <laughs> uh, before we wrap it up, if, or if you do want to join the thing, uh, the, co- the mini league, the code is EH4HH7. That's up in the screens there. Seamus, you have all of the nasty details for our, our, our channel and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Look, first of all, if uh, you're watching this on YouTube, you know where to find us. But if you're not and you're listening, yeah, you'll find us on YouTube. Uh, check out and look for the um, FAL Hangover uh, podcast YouTube channel. Like and subscribe that. If you listen to this podcast, so do like us, uh, rate and review. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts as well, on I- or iTunes, whatever it's called. So uh, try and leave us a rating there. If you do listen on that platform, we're on uh, all other platforms two such as spotify podcast uh, of god what are the other ones google Podcasts, all, all the main the podcasts, ones yeah. all of the main ones uh if you want to interact with us you'll find us on twitter mostly okay we're also on facebook but on twitter the podcast is at fpl hangover i'm at fpl drunk um yeah we'll put out the call for questions each week and is there anything i've missed no oh, yeah, email if you want to email fpl hangover at gmail.com always happy to take questions that way too yeah, no, that's it. Seamus, you've smashed it. Thank you for listening. As Seamus said, like, subscribe, all of that. Show support. It really helps. And uh, most importantly, enjoy Game Week 11, lads. God bless. Oh, 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 oh,